What is up, bitches? I'm Gaia. And I'm Nita. And this is Bitch Why. Our podcast where we talk about all the things we like and dislike and why anyone would make them. We're just a couple of artsy bitches learning about what makes art good. Or just what makes art art. And how to talk about it. And all the things. Yeah. And we're here to do that with our special guest, Adeline Anderson. Hello, that's me. Hello. Hello, I'm so very excited. My second ever podcast feature in my entire life. It's part of a long feature. You're basically a host now. Adeline is here for the entirety of the rest of the month of October. Oh, yes. She's taken over, baby. And into November. And basically into mm, November because we're, we're really gonna be cursed with her presence for a while. <laughs> for like As you should be. For like four whole episodes. Mm-hmm. It's because we need a little boy twink to look like Finn Wil- Wolfhard. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm literally cursed with like even when I'm actively trying to look like other little twinks in media, I always just end up looking like Neil Perry. Like when we went to visit the little women house the other day, I specifically tried to dress like um Theodore Lawrence and I came out of my room and Catherine was like, Why do you look like Neil Perry right now? And I was like, Please free me. So, anyways, resident twink. Here we are. <laughs> cursed with my presence. Yeah. Give us a snack, Adeline. Adeline, oh, what are you snacking newbie? on? Oh my goodness. I'm currently staying in New Hampshire with my girlfriend, Catherine, and my excellent good friend, Caitlin. And we've been like watching movies or TV shows basically every single night, like a routine. But very recently, we have been watching some uh, old Disney animated classics. Last night, we watched Brother Bear. Spirit is not Disney. Sorry, animated <laughs> animated non-Disney classics Disney is what I meant to say. I'm very stupid. Is Brother Bear Disney? I don't yes, know Brother things. Bear is Disney. Okay, Brother Bear is Disney. Okay, well, so we watched Brother Bear last night, and we watched Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron the night before. And um, those are both very exciting because those are both movies that I haven't watched in, like, a long time. Like, they're both movies that I haven't watched since, like, I was really little. And so that was just extremely exciting. And it was also very fun to experience (laughs) the fact that when I was little, I was definitely um, thought that the horse in spirit was sexy because he is. Yeah, he is. But now I'm seeing it when I'm older and I'm like, that horse is sexy. Um, (laughs) And and then before that, we'd done, um, I did a whole Avatar watch with Catherine because I'd never seen Avatar the series before. And so that was a lot of fun. I guess not that I think of it, but I've been doing a lot of old childhood animated hashtag classics recently. And so those have been just kind of like fueling me. I don't know. So um, that's fun. Your girlfriend, Catherine, has also been on the show in a yeah. bonus series. Yes, she has. Uh, conversations with Catherine where Catherine and I just fangirl for like an hour straight. Because she's, she's a queen. And also, you guys need to rewatch Prince of Egypt. Tea. Because the that's guy who tea. plays Moses, hot. He's sexy. He's sexy. I saw a tweet the other day that was like, why are all of the like men and like like lead characters in old like DreamWorks animated movies so Road sexy? Road to El Dorado? Exactly, sexy. queen. They are gay and they sexy. Are. And they are also sexy. Twinks! They are little yeah, twinks. Twinks. Twinks, twinks. Twinks, a lot of them. So that's very exciting. And like in Brother Bear, the the main character before he gets turned into a bear, because that's another um, classic Disney movie. Where, yes, where they're like, we're gonna make a person of color the main character, but they're gonna spend the most of the movie as an animal. But um, that's another conversation. But like Kenai, when he's not a bear, is like so sexy. Fun fact: in the sequel, 
Uh, his love interest's name is Nita, but just not my name. My name is Nita, <gasps> but like when I exactly. when my name was Nita, I was like, oh my god, that's my name. Whatever. T. Um, Gaia, what are you snacking on? So, all the volunteers on the farm, we've been making a spooky playlist so that we can all listen to spooky music together, and. In our spooky playlist, we had a bunch of Rocky Horror songs on it, and it came to my attention that my two other volunteers, neither of them had seen Rocky Horror all the way through. So we are watching Rocky Horror. It's intriguing. You have to give them the full Rocky Horror experience where... I I don't know the whole... I don't know all the things to yell. Oh my god. No, no, no. Not just the what to yell, because when you go for the first time, they put a V on your cheek for virgin. Uh, in red lipstick, and then with the place I did, and I don't know if everybody does this, um, is, like, everyone who's never been before has to, like, go up in a line, and then everyone gets their, like, ass smacked. <laughs> it's, like, crazy. The only people that I know who, like, know everything to yell. I wish I did. And you have to go, like, ten times, yeah. and then you figure yeah. it out. Like, no one teaches you. Yeah. Uh, but, like, everyone goes, you get, like, a V on your cheek and red lipstick, and then, like... <laughs> You have to go get your, like, ass slapped in front of, like, uh, an audience of, like, 30 people, which is, like, super fun. And I went for the first time on, like, lingerie night. So, like, everyone We also went the first I time on did. a lingerie night. There was no lipstick, but so- certain lipstick. certain virgins got to give a lap dance. Ooh. Yes. Um, not us, but certain virgins. And it was honestly, you know, you know what my like my most strong memory was. We went after we had been in rehearsal for, or I had been in rehearsal for like twelve hours before it. Like I got out of rehearsal at like eleven, and then we went, and then we sat in a sad circle and drank tequila, not in like a fun way, but because we had to get rid of the tequila and we needed it to not be in our lives anymore. So we were drinking it in order to purge it from our lives. And then it was really cold because it was like February. And so in the theater, it was really cold, and I was really tired and confused. <gasps> but oh, yeah, it was so cold. And we were so, so exhausted afterward, and then we had to take the safe ride home, oh and they God. stopped at Reuben. <laughs> and then they went, like, back. Yeah, the safe ride was taking, like, 10,000 years to get to Loft, and we were like, can we please go? And eventually, the bus driver, like, talked to us, and she was like, you guys are in Loft, right? And we were like, yeah. And she was like, okay, we're going there next. And I was like, yeah, that's so they right. went between They went over. between Reuben and... No, it was Lipton. It was Back and forth. I'm and like, Lipton, like, yeah. twice. I'm like, you can walk. Walk. You can walk. walk. I don't care if it's nighttime. That's, like, the safest part of New York City. You can walk. You're in please. a group. Go walk yeah. home with your group. Wait, when did you... Did you guys go without me? <laughs> I don't know. It was with um Catherine's roommate was in it. It's I'm yeah. not mad. I'm like, well... Anita, what are you snacking on? Well, I'm so glad you asked, Gaia. So there's this show called Haunting of Hill House, which, like, consumed my life two years ago. Uh, I watched it, like, six times. And then um it's directed by Mike Flanagan, who's done, like, Hush and Oculus and, like, all these, like amazing horror movies and the second season of hill house which is like it's like an anthology now he's like ryan murphy but better um and just with scary things um and the the season is called haunting of bly manor and it fucked me up like fully like fucked me up for like a good like three days um there's a couple in it that is black and indian and i was like I have never, ever, ever, ever seen this on screen before. I have never seen a black and Indian couple 
in a movie or a show or anything, and I'm going to write a thing about it for the blog I write for, just because it was, like, it was such a weird experience to watch it, and, like, because they, they were, like, flirting with each other. These two actors are fantastic, by the way. Like, they're amazing. Rahul Kohli, who is in, like, iZombie and stuff, he's such a cutie pie. Um, And the actress who plays Hannah, I don't know her name, but she should be in more things because she's amazing. Like, watching them get together and, like, it being so normal... I just was, like, my brain, like, my brain couldn't process it, and then I, like, went down a rabbit hole of, like, how many times, like, a black and an Indian couple has been in a movie, and there's, like, one Denzel Washington movie, and that's it. So it's that Denzel Washington movie, and then this show, and also just, like, when you factor in, like, the weird way that, like, South Asian people treat black people, it just was, like, this needs to be in more things, because I think it would, like, normalize. Um, Points have been made. Yes, yeah, and I, but yeah, it truly, like, fucked me up, and I'm Thoughts like... Thoughts have been had. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really good. It's a good show. Please go watch it. Uh, people want us to cover it, so I think we probably will uh, at we some better. point. Yes. Speaking wah, wah, wah. of scary things, what are we talking about scary. this week? Scary things. Stranger things. Stranger things. Things that are more strange than the average thing. Ooh. <laughs> Fantastic. Yes. I said um, stranger yes. things and the Zoom crashed. <laughs> so <laughs> it said no. It's a sign. No, 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 no. Honestly, it is. It said cease and desist. It said, you know it's strange, uh, you not being able to record the podcast today. Okay, I'm gonna give us a little I'm gonna give us a little road map. This episode, oh, like boy. all of our episodes, except for the one where we talked about Taylor Swift, R.I.P., is made up of four parts. Bitch what? An introduction to what the heck we are talking about. Uh, bitch how? A technical rundown of how the thing succeeds or fails as a piece of art. Bitch time? Three minutes of our unintelligent, unfiltered, uncritical feelings, which we've never done with three people before, so I'm stressed. I mean, we did it with Cameron, but I feel like... The vibes are going to be different. And finally, bitch, why a sum, of all, a sum up of all the implications and why all of this matters. And the bitch meter, which is our little diversity score meter that we learn math just to give to you. This week, the way we've split up Stranger Things is we're covering season one this week. And then next week, we'll talk about seasons two and three. So whenever we, when we do the score, it'll be for Stranger Things season one. Amazing. Yeah, let's get into bitch what? Gaia, how did you first encounter the strangest of things? Maybe it's because this is the part of high school that I've fully repressed. I don't even remember mm. not knowing about Stranger Things. I just, it just occurred. Um, like the lyrics to Bohemian Rhapsody, <laughs> Stranger Things entered my brain unconsciously. It simply was one day dropped and planted like a seed. Like a seed. In the, gar- in the yes. soil of Gaia Malin's brain Like wrinkled. a pine cone in a forest fire. Stranger Things expelled yes. its fruit into the world. Yes. And now there is a forest. But I remember watching it and I don't normally like to watch things with straight people in them. <laughs> like I don't really watch straight people shows any longer. Um, because I've moved past that point in my life. Yeah. 
Do you not forget how Will gets called slurs in the first yes. episode? <laughs> and you dare say that this is a show about straight people. <laughs> Well, right. that was that was one of my initial problems with it. Is so I I I remember I didn't want to watch it because I was like oh, is straight people because I'm heterophobic and I'm working on that. But uh, <laughs> sorry, Dad. But <laughs> um, but I remember watching it and being like, this is really incredible, like tight storytelling. But why are they saying slurs if they don't have a single gay character in it? It's like tea. From the top, I hardcore shipped like the thruple, the triad, the the Nancy, Jonathan, Steve. Stop! From the yes! beginning, and then oh when they gave God. when they gave Jonathan, Gaia, we are the going camera, to get into we're gonna this. get into that when they oh gave like, Jonathan that the is camera. A phenomenon. Yeah, when they gave Jonathan the camera. Yeah, but that's that's what I remember. I will say that I feel like Will being the person that gets like fucked up by the upside down and then also coming back and then not knowing like how to talk about girls i'm like this man's this poor man's is traumatized by I know he's gay. monsters and he's also gay like that's so unfair <laughs> i know you guys he's can't gay. get me talking about will this early in the episode like the demogorgon is homophobic like because barb is also a lesbian anyway anyway Tate. anyway 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 adeline how did you get into stranger things <laughs> Okay, so I have, like, weirdly a kind of saga with Stranger Things because I remember when it first came out, like, when it first came out and it was literally all over Twitter, people were like, this is the best show in the entire world. And I was like, okay, whatever. (laughs) I was, like, a contrarian because I was also still, like, deep in my, like, I guess Broadway phase, but more specifically Deaf West Spring Awakening phase. If literally anyone who knows me on Twitter and knew me on Twitter in 2015 is listening to this right now, like, you know what's popping. Adeline, please. But, um... (laughs) So I was like, oh, I don't have time for this. Like, I'm too busy being, like, pretentious and, like, being, like, into theater. And, um, and But then eventually all my friends started watching it. So it came out during the summer. And then that next school year, all my friends were talking about it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to give this a try. So I tried watching it. And I remember I watched... I guess it must have been, it was like the first four-ish episodes. It was up until they started talking about, like, they figured out about the alternate dimension thing. And this was at a point in my life where, like, my mental health and specifically my anxiety was, like, way worse and much less, like, manageable than it is now. And, like, just, like, the idea of, like, alternate dimension just, like, freaked me out (laughs) because I was, like, I I was at the point where I would get into headspace. I'd be, like, I'm in an alternate dimension right now. Like, this is not real. Like, I was also, like... Dissociating a lot more. So I was like, I can't, I just like can't think about this right now. Like, it's gonna make me anxious. So I stopped and I never watched Stranger Things for like another year until Stranger Things season two came out. And then when season two came out, it had been like a year and a half. I was in a better mental place. I was like, you know what? I can watch this. And this sounds so dumb now because Stranger Things is like literally not a scary show. It's like the most palatable of shows. But like I, my brain works in weird ways. So anyways, so Stranger Things season two came out and I binged season one and two all at the same time. And I fell down a like rabbit hole of like hyperfixation. And it was like intense because I remember I was watching season two. I remember I'd watch it a lot in the... um because I went to a, a prep school so we had like a college guidance office with like some like couches in it and all the seniors would always just hang out in the college gu- college guidance office so I remember I'd sit on the couch in there during like lunches and free time like watching Stranger Things season two and like screaming and being obnoxious like the theater kid I am and um then it like became like cemented in my life and um then yeah that's how I got into it 
That's my saga. Oh my god. There you go. You're welcome. You're welcome. Holy shit. I know. Um, I told you I had weird, like a saga. Yeah. I too had the misfortune of watching Stranger Things. Actually, wait, guy, you didn't say that you had this misfortune. You said you don't like watching things with straight people in them. I watched it with a straight people. Oh, even worse. <gasps> Which was, yeah. But That's I, okay, Double this whammy. is my one hipster moment. I'm really, like, proud that I found Stranger Things before everyone else. I was listening to this, like, comic book podcast, because uh, I'm a fucking nerd. And, like, at the very beginning of the summer, I know, at the very beginning of the summer, they were like, hey, if you click this link, you can watch the first 10 minutes of this new Netflix show, Stranger Things. And I was like, the fuck is this? And so I watched it, and it, like, that first, like, 13 minutes is, like, so intense, because it's when Will gets, like, abducted, and you're like, huh? Like, what the fuck? And then it, and then it cut, and then I had to wait like two months or whatever to watch the first episode so I was just like waiting and waiting for this thing to come out and then I was dating a person at the time and I like brought them over and was like we're gonna watch this and then we both got super hooked um and uh like that was like our show for a while and uh yeah like we we it was fun to watch people discover stranger things after we had already binged like all eight episodes and like watching the internet discover a thing after you've already seen it is just like kind of fun um so i'm not like holier than thou because i found it first but it was cool to like be like oh i'm so excited for people to like see what the fuck's gonna happen um because it just gets intense so that's how I found it. But I did wow. have trouble watching season two because I was no longer with that person, but I got over it. Also, like, famously, like, the seasons degrade. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And we'll we will talk discuss. about that. Maybe we'll... <laughs> I have yeah, thoughts. That's a lot. We'll probably yeah. talk about it in the next episode. We'll definitely Stranger talk things. about it in the next episode. My controversial opinion is I think season two is as good as season one. But that's all I'm going to mm. say. And my controversial my opinion teaser. is that they really, like, threw away that really dope Indian character. Anyway. Yeah. Here, I'm going to summarize it so fast. Do it. Do it, Gaia. Do it. Okay. Um, Kid disappears in the woods. <gasps> Children, uh, friends of Kid, find creepy girl in the woods. Related? <laughs> they go on sh- adventures and shenanigans and f- discover a parallel universe. They rescue kid from parallel universe using other kids' psychic powers. His mom is involved. Stranger Things, season one. If E.T. E. If E.T. was a cute 11-year-old girl. Is she 11, actually? Like, is she actually 11? How old are they? I think she's 11 or 12. They're like 11 or 12. So, yeah. Harry Potter, but E.T., but girl. <laughs> but girl. But shave head. But, but girl with like, shave Stand head. by me, but A.T. Stand E-T. by me, but E.T. There's no wizards. Stand by me, but the dead body isn't a live child. Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm sad. God, Did you hear someone Joaquin, should hire me. Joaquin Phoenix named his kid River. And oh, I've been believe emo. Me. Gaia and I know. Adeline and I were talking earlier about how Joaquin Phoenix and um, Keanu Reeves definitely had a moment where they got really drunk and then made out and then like and then like Joaquin cried about how he could never be River and I said that Keanu was like I'm sorry I keep trying to make you River but you'll never be him and that's not your fault anyway I can't I can't I can't I can't I cannot do this Um, okay anyways all right 
Talk to me about Stranger Things, Nita. You are getting on such a roll. As the seasons progressed, we get more into that, like, intertextuality place. But the thing about, like, art is, like, originality is dead. There's no such thing as, like, something that's original. But I think that first season of Stranger Things takes all of that, like, 80s nostalgia and, like, actually makes it into, like, a really perfectly told story that plays off of all the things we loved about those the like the ets and the stand by me's like anything stephen king it takes and it's like i'm gonna i'm gonna steal a little bit from here i'm gonna steal a little bit from steven spielberg i'm gonna steal a little bit from this also we all know y'all of the 80s so big hair like and it takes all that shit wraps it up in a neat little bow and i think it strays away from the stuff that season two and three later end up doing, which is just, like, hits you over the head with the fact that it's the 80s versus I feel like this is just kind of the perfect amount. And it was less focused on, like, leaning into into the nostalgia, but, like, using the nostalgia to tell this, like, fantastical, perfect nugget of a story. And that's my, that's my big boy thought. So we're kind of in, like, a nostalgia resurgence phase, um, which happened every, like, 20 or 30 years. When we talk about it in two weeks, we'll definitely talk more about this. And I think Stranger Things, especially season one, really understands what's useful about the nostalgia Mm. and knows how to subvert it in a way that is creative and tight. And I think when people aren't afraid of not being original, (laughs) that a lot more original things come out of the fact (sighs) that they're willing to like lean into the tropes of that which already exists and figure out what's Mm -hmm. entertaining and exciting about them and like mine that more yeah and i will say i don't want to talk like get too far into the rabbit hole of of what's different about season two and three but i think that the more they made of stranger things the less they understood about the universe which isn't necessarily a bad thing Um, I love the idea that when you keep writing, you keep discovering new things, and um, those things aren't always what you expect. I think that as probably a multi-billion dollar franchise, they definitely have the money to do some more workshopping. It kind of reminds me of Sensei. I think Sensei I have a lot more, like, fondness for, but um, I wanted more of Sensei because I wanted to see, like, what in the universe it would go. But it also kind of feels like nobody really knows what's happening and, like, they're never really going to know what's happening. And it's going to end up, like, supernatural where, like, they just keep putting things on top of the world in hopes that it'll cover up the big gaping hole. Did y'all ever watch Lost? No. See, I experienced that with Lost, and that was, like, my first thing of, like, this, I mean, because it's not, it wasn't a streaming service, but, like, watching that first season of Lost, you are, like, automatically hooked, but by, by, like, continuing, they're, like, just making more holes, is, because you, guy, you were talking about, like, like, they just keep making more, because they're, well, J.J. Abrams has that bullshit about the mystery box, and he's like, you just keep making them ask more questions, and they think it's good storytelling. Um, but then you get to, like, season nine, and everyone's like, all these answers are shitty. <laughs> like, yeah. Every answer to every question is bad. We have this in, like, American TV, is like, you never know when the shit's gonna end, because you're just hoping to get renewed for the next season. But that means you end up telling, like, mm. basically, like, ten mini-movies in, like, two seasons and you have to like be forced to write a bunch of mini movies without like knowing where and it's what's gonna great go. about stranger things is that they wrote 
one season, their first season, they specifically wrote it in the style of one long movie. Since Stranger Things was so successful, we're seeing more TV writers lean into this style of writing, which is that every season is just one movie. You're following one arc all the way through. And really great TV shows use that and they know when their show is over because they've told all the story there is. Fleabag, Miss Phoebe Waller-Bridge said, I know it's done and I'm, d- I'm done. She said, I'm done. And that's smart writing. Yeah. Stranger yeah. Things is not smart enough for its own formula. No. Stranger Things is like, we're going to keep milking this for all it's worth. Yeah. Like, again, I am trying like my absolute hardest to restrain myself from like saying too much about the further seasons. But like, I don't think season three should have existed. And I definitely don't think season four needs to exist. Like, will I watch it? Yes. But is it going to be good? I already know it's not going to be good. And I also kind of knew in the back of my mind that season three wasn't going to be good. I was just holding out hope. But it's because they they didn't have a plan. They created this like first season that was great. And then they were like, oh, it did so well. Okay, I think we can expand on this universe. And then season two was like, okay. And people had like some issues with it. Um, but it was like, okay. But then they were like, all right. Now we're just going to run with it. Yeah. We're just going to go crazy. And and especially they didn't really have anywhere to go after season two because it kind of created like a pretty good cap. Like it expanded the universe just enough where it made sense. But then they, they were like, well, we've got it. We've got to get more out of this. And they were like, okay, season three, what do we do? And it's like there logically wasn't really anywhere else to go with the universe, but they just like forced it into something else which then created a ton of plot holes. And now they're just forcing out a season four. And I'm like, they just don't know how to stop. And it's like, it's the issue of like, Stranger Things clearly had extremely talented and smart people working on it and still do because of the same people because they created such a beautiful piece of work with season one. But then it kind of got taken over, I think, by just like the Netflix, like American capitalist machine. And it's like, okay, let's like churn out as much of this like great money making thing that we can. And it's Mm -hmm. like all art dies under capitalism, folks. uh, Let's get it. There it is. I'm thinking about that with like the Hill House thing. Because everyone was like, I want a season two of Haunting of Hill House so fucking bad. But that story was done getting told. So Mike Flanagan was like, great, so I'm going to tell a different story, but we'll bring in a lot of the same actors, which kind of banks off of some, like, intertextuality, because you see some of the characters go through things that feel like they are cathartic for their previous Mm. characters. Like, Ryan Murphy does this too. I think less articulately and, like, less specifically. But, like, would it have been more fun to see the Stranger Things kids do something different season two Mm. that was, like, not Stranger Things, but, like, a Stranger Things story? Like, a Star Wars story, but Stranger Things? Like, I what I'm thinking is that, like, I think you can never... that, That first... Or, sorry, that last big bad scene in Stranger Things season one with the Demogorgon Mm. is so perfectly terrifying and the way they defeat that big bad is so good that they just they just set themselves up so good that they couldn't top anything after that and the formula Mm. they created of like okay group one is working stuff out over here group two is working stuff out over here, group three is going through something else over here, and then they all kind of, like, come together by, like, episode six or seven, and then in the end, it's, like, a big mm-hmm. fight. What's so lovely about that is hard to recreate later, because because yeah. you, it, then it gets predictable. I just want to, like, harp a little bit uh, in, like, some technicalities 
of like screenwriting. Um, because I, I think there's, I love the really delightful understanding that the writers have about like the, the kind of technical nuts and bolts of screenwriting. So like the, the three different casts is so like a plot b plot c plot which is like a classic television trope mm. but then the style of writing is totally like a three-act movie and so it's really cool the way that they are able to use like writing tropes and like turn that in a way that like explores form it interestingly like i think we need to television the way we've made television is, like, the ultimate, like, capitalist nightmare, as Adeline said. And mm. we need to, like, look more into what makes television television. How can we use what makes television television to make something that is compelling? And actually, like, that's kind of, like, their MO. They're, like, how can we use 80s nostalgia and what makes 80s nostalgia compelling to make our own thing? They're, like, very good at taking, like a formula and figuring out like what are the key elements of the formula and like distilling it down into the most perfect version of that what's really cool about that is everybody gets great character moments like everyone mm -hmm. feels so fleshed out because they all get space to like exist and even if they don't get like everybody doesn't get like specific like arc stuff um every episode they still by the end all feel like they've been through a journey and i think like that formula and the way that that Gaia was like explaining how they play together like just gives everybody like the way that introduction of characters used in Stranger Things is so good that like once that was established I think it's like really hard to keep adding more people in but like yeah there just was like the perfect amount of people the perfect amount of stuff also the perfect amount of like unknown people versus known people i feel like we'll talk about winona Ryder oh, later the other queen. thing is like realizing that like tv is a movie but longer so you can do more yeah um but i i wanted to talk about the stranger things problem which i refer to all the time on this show is that not more prevalent in season two it's present in season one but it doesn't become a problem until season two <sighs> as much Mm. The seed of the Stranger Things problem. Here, I'll 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 give a little teaser for the next episode. Everyone okay, will talk be very about the intrigued. seed. So the seed of the Stranger Things problem is is that we love the '80s, but we hate that the '80s were racist. <laughs> so we want to remember the '80s for what was good about it. So we create apolitical '80s universes, which don't talk about politics, but plant all the iconography that we remember of the '80s in order to make us feel squishy inside. And that's the seed of the Stranger Things problem. Yeah. See? I also think that, like, the way Lucas is treated in this first season, like, he literally and physically gets, like, tossed aside. Like, when Eleven, like... <laughs> when Eleven yeets him. yeets him across the thing, and then he hits his head, and I'm like, this boy is dead. Like, that boy is not alive <laughs> anymore. Like, the way his whole back... And his head crash into that. She squished um, his bones. She hurt him. She literally squished his but, bones. But like he is kind yeah. of, he feels like, unfortunately, like an afterthought. And I feel like all of his, oh, yeah. all of his character stuff in later seasons too always feel like an afterthought. Like, um. How did Stranger Things make us forget that the entire cast is white? Sorry. I just it, They did that. because people want to excuse things that are just so good quote-unquote, like, they are so good that we can excuse the fact that they're not representative, which happened in, like, 
Stranger Things. It happens in Haunting of Hill House. I realized, like, rewatching that and seeing Bly Manor and being like, wow, there's people of color in this. <laughs> Why is Hill House so fucking white? We talked about this with Midsommar, where we were like, the, I mean, it's Midsommar. peak. The bitch meter correlates with quality, but doesn't necessarily cause quality. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they also, how did they make us forget that they're, they've got one black character in their whole cast? Two by season well, three. Yeah, I I'm, think like, thinking about yeah. it right now, and I'm, like, there's truly, like, it's, like, just Lucas and his sister, like, and then, and then Eleven's fake sister in season two, but, like, are there mm-hmm. other people of color? Like, I truly cannot think. No, like, I saw a tweet. Like, no. No, I saw a tweet the other day. That was, like, talking... Like, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but, like, all of the movies that are getting announced right now have fully white casts. Like, I remember seeing something, and it was, like, Tom Holland, Nicole Kidman. Like, all these all these white actors who, I mean, like, are good actors. But I was, like, looking at the cast breakdown, like, on Twitter, people, like, post pictures of all four cast members that are going to be in this thing. And I have seen not one person of color in any of these, like, big-name movies coming out, which is so funny because the diversity inclusion thing for the Oscars just popped out, so I'm interested to see how those movies shift a little uh, if they're still in pre-production but have announced their cast. But all of those movies are also, like, period pieces, and someone on Twitter was like, white directors keep pitching period pieces so that they can get away with not casting people of color literally and it feels like stranger things also like didn't david copperfield prove that that was wrong uh yeah i heard the movie was bad though fuck but also uh bly manor bly manor takes place in the 80s and there's people of color in it and like for some reason that was jarring to me too it was like i was like oh my god i've never seen an indian person in the 80s <laughs> I was like, but but it's true like these people did exist in these time periods, and I think white directors, white writers don't know what the fuck to do with them, so they don't do anything. It's because of the Stranger Things problem, which we're going to talk about because, more Because, yeah, episode. you want to create... Yeah. Also, it's like, in a, in a show about, about uh, parallel universes, is it so hard to believe that racism still exists? T. Like... I don't understand. Like, they just push it out because they don't want to deal with it because it's, like, too much. And I'm like, you literally are doing the thing where you're taking a piece of paper and there's a teacher explaining how, like, wormholes happen. Like, are you you telling me that, like, we couldn't talk about... cannot handle racism? (laughs) We can't talk about racism. And then in season two, they're like, well, in this universe, Reagan exists, so clearly racism exists. But I'm like, oh, God. We have to put a pin in this, folks. I have so many thoughts and feelings about this. I wrote a paper about it. I know. We're putting a pin pin in it. There's a pin firmly inserted in the hole. Can we talk about Winona Ryder? Oh, I always can. I'm so happy for her. I feel like she's another part of that 80s nostalgia because she was like a queen of the 80s and 90s. Like she just was like a teen, a teen movie queen. And like bringing Winona and like researching her career, which is very cool. I know that she's white, but she was also a woman who's older and like was definitely like pushed out of the film industry. So it's like very cool that she was given such a like juicy role. And just mm-hmm. got, kind of got to, like, bring her career back a little, and I'm really happy for her. And I think that, like, first season, she does a fantastic job. We'll talk about her Ugh. performances later. But. Oh, yes. So, so fucking brilliant. Like, I think yeah. her performance is amazing in season one. Yeah. I yeah. love validating the crazy mom. I think, like. Yes! Yeah. Yes! 
famously in high school was compared my friends compared me to slash called me Joyce a lot because I love Will so much Mm. Will Byers is the only like entity in this universe that makes me like want to have a child like a child that is my like physical child because I just love him so deeply but like yeah like I adore Joyce Byers like for our sex and gender and Greek tragedy class I've been thinking a lot recently about like women and anger and like women expressing Mm. like so and you guys talked about this in midsummer midsummer what what what, what, what was that, <laughs> that was um, me doing the, the halfway between the midsummer and between, midsummer yeah you tried. i did do that um but anyways i'm cause still don't know exactly what i'm going to be writing my research paper on but one of the things that i'm I very much considering is like how women versus men are allowed to express like anger violence and like grief in like media and stuff like that and thinking about it like the way that like Joyce expresses her pain in Stranger Things is like so visceral and like probably thinking about it really isn't something that I like saw before like to that degree and I think the reason that she like stuck with me so much is because like she's just like Uh, she allows herself to express her full emotions in front of anyone and she doesn't ever like do the thing that like women are supposed to do where like they're like oh sorry or like oh or or, like the the I don't know what it's called but like the modifiers that women do like um like oh sorry but excuse me but like whenever like women talk and stuff like that like she is like unabashed with her like passion about her son and like that's just like so delicious and wonderful and the fact that it's Winona Ryder who is so incredibly sexy all the time it's just like facts and like honestly her performance as Joyce is like probably part of the reason why I love Will so much as a character because it's Again, what you were talking about in Midsommar with the um, neuron neuron thing, like me seeing a Joyce love and care about Will so much makes me love and care about Will so much. And so, mm. yeah, those are yeah. my like little sexy thoughts Not on Miss Winona as Joyce. Uh-oh. Be pretentious, because I just I'm said something that was not pretentious. I'm about to say something pretentious. Sorry, say something guys. pretentious, um, Gaia. It, it reminds me of the word hysteria with like hysta mm. being a root word that's like referring to like your uterus, right? Yeah, because yeah, you're yeah. going to get a hysterectomy, you get it taken out. Yes. So, yeah. Hyster- yeah. Um, and, like, like the idea of hysteria being associated with femininity, but instead of hysteria being a bad thing in Stranger Things, hysteria is, like, the thing that the show needs in order to bring it together. And, like, yeah. her hysteria being val- validated, I think, was a really interesting subversion of the trope of crazy woman is crazy. Yeah. I mean, Harris and I talked about that crazy woman is crazy thing when we talked about horror movies, and, like how exhausting it is to see the housewife go to her husband i also like there is no husband for her to go to which is like which is i feel like a subversion of that thing because like i was watching insidious again and like rose fucking poor rose burn the entire movie is like honey something's wrong honey something's wrong honey something's wrong and then like no one helps her until like the very end and then patrick wilson becomes possessed before he can be like honey you were right and it's like well, fuck. Like, like women never, ever, ever get validated in that way. And Adeline, when you were talking about um, the way Winona Ryder expresses herself as Joyce and, like, doesn't apologize, it weirdly reminded me of the thing that happened recently with Chrissy Teigen 
and her like posting the pictures of her miscarriage <gasps> oh and like yeah, the yeah, loss yeah, yeah. of her baby and like there's a mm-hmm. picture of her because like there was a photographer to capture the birth and then mm-hmm. the baby was born and like did not make it and like mm-hmm. chrissy teigen posted those pictures and everyone was like oh my god how dare you like why would you post such a like private moment like why would you like make us look at that and i was like oh god forbid a woman mourns in public God forbid, like, a woman burdens you with her grief, and I feel like that, it just, like, reminded me of that, and I know that those are two completely different examples, but it's, like, the ways we react to seeing a woman being hysterical, and even though they're fucking right, like, Joyce's hysteria is her superpower because it's what keeps her going on to like find her son and like her being so adamant about being like will is still alive i swear to you will is fucking alive gets us to the point where hopper is like looking at will's body and realizing it's fake like if Mm, she didn't do all that like we wouldn't be where we are in the season it's like that thing that we were taught i was thinking about when i started to keep bringing it back to like my class like school gross but like i was thinking about it in the reading about like electra it was talking about how women are allowed to lament but like women use words for their lamentation whereas men commit the action and i was thinking about in the play electra by sophocles electra kills clytemnestra in everything except action and it's like Joyce saves Will in everything except action. Well, I mean, she goes into the upside down at the end and does it, but like a lot of Stranger Things season one is Joyce like being verbally grieving and lamenting and stuff like that. But Hopper is the one who like physically goes find and finds Will's body. But mm-hmm. she, technically, she's the person who did that. She's the catalyst. You know? Yeah, she's the catalyst. Yeah, that was a nice cap. I was just gonna. I was just gonna pivot a little bit because. Yeah. I think gender is really interesting in Stranger Things, and I think another mm-hmm. interesting thing about the way they use gender is the way the men are in Stranger Things. I want to talk about Steve, because Steve is my oh, favorite Stranger Things. I love yes. Steve. I love Steve so, oh, so, 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 um, so And this much. is definitely, this is definitely, like, another seed that I'm planting for the next couple mm-hmm. episodes, but I mm-hmm. think that Steve's character evolution in the first season is very delightful, Yeah, and how his um coming into his own as like a masculine figure is actually him coming into a more nurturing role and that is extremely beautiful and subversive and delightful something i don't like is that why did we all forgive jonathan for taking nudes of nancy tea stop because okay because the reason why the the show forgives him is because he took a picture Nerdy of the white boys fucking... have a complex? Sorry. Oh, well, that, but also because he took a picture of the monster, so I guess it's okay if you took weird, yeah. creepy pictures of people because you helped Nancy figure out the thing. Also, we're so quick to forgive white boys for doing weird stuff that we would never forgive. Exactly. Especially uh, a little, like, scrawny incel little white boys. Not to, like, bully yeah. Jonathan Byers, but to bully <laughs> Jonathan Byers. <laughs> like, he's such a dude that's like, that's like, ugh. I'm such a nice guy. Like, why doesn't Nancy like me? Like, I'm so nice to her. Like, Steve's such like a... I'm like, Jonathan, you have no personality. That's why she doesn't like you. Anyways, but society's His so quick to, like, forgive... His brother was missing. Like, he's I know. I don't, I don't yeah. hate Jonathan. His brother was missing, so he took pictures of Nancy having sex? Sorry. No, I'm not... No, I'm T. just saying he has a personality. It's like the... Per- yeah. It's like an it when um he's like, my brother... <laughs> what georgie uh, is dead or like and i need to find it it's like that takes up his whole character arc really so like exactly. there's no room for personality 
Yeah, like anyway. he's not just a white man. He's like a he's like that specific type of like incel nice guy white man where people are like, oh okay, whatever. I think Anyways. one of the grossest vestiges of the '80s. So I guess it's kind of appropriate that um, <laughs> that he's a incel um, nerdy guy is like this kind of like chip on their shoulder that like nerdy men have um, about like oh. playing D and D, and it's really and like reading comics, which is interesting because now like these things are kind of like cool and mainstream, and people are interested in them, and so it's yeah. no longer like a prosecutable offense. I feel like white people pick things to get oppressed over that they aren't actually oppressed over. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. They're like, everyone bullied me for reading comic books and, and playing Dungeons and Dragons and now it's cool now and I'm traumatized. And I'm like, uh, Jonathan, shut up. Like, <laughs> The story of history is white people finding new things to like fake being oppressed over. <laughs> Right now yeah. it's masks, but that is just one thing in a long Literally, line. Literally, yeah. stop. Okay. Stop like, figuring it out. Like, why <laughs> do white people have like a fetish for being oppressed? Like, just get into BDSM. Like, I promise you'll be fine. <laughs> is that the point of slave play? Oh my god, yeah, maybe so. Jeremy O'Harris, come on the podcast. Well, I was just saying that, like, I think Jonathan Byers is, like, the manifestation of that vestige, which is, oh, yeah. like, I think the the bankers of the show were totally those guys in, oh, yeah. like, the 80s. So, like, something that's always kind of made me uncomfortable about Stranger Things that, like, I've kind of glossed over because, like I said, I totally shipped the triad there. Like, I was in it for the triad. But I don't like that nobody ever... Like, nobody ever really, like, unpacks that. And maybe that's their plan for season four is they're gonna be, like, Jonathan gets figured out. But, like, now he's, like, fully a nice guy. He's, like, fully transitioned into being a person we like, kind of. Um, yeah. Kind of without any... There's no reckoning with that moment ever. No. He just is nice now. and like He doesn't ever address it. Yeah. He's just, like, yeah. And I can't, like... Um, this hasn't happened to me, but, like, I can't imagine how horrifying it would be to find out someone was stalking you and spying on you and taking pictures of you without your knowledge. Like, I cannot imagine. I mean, yeah. like, just in my experiences with men, like, harassing me, I cannot imagine ever wanting well, to date them after that. Yeah. Because yeah, that is so yeah. violating. Yeah. Okay, here's the other thing, though. Is like the acknowledgement of the eighties. We just—I don't know if that's an excuse. I feel like stalking was like less of a thing. Like stalking like, was like, sexy back yeah. then. Yeah, stalking was kind of sexy then, I guess. Or like if the yeah, guy was tea. cute, you excused it. But here's the thing: is yeah. also like Nancy's really smart. Like she's a smart girl, and like, uh, like throughout the seasons, like she's always like been a cool character that like knows what the fuck she's doing except when it comes to boys because then that's when you have barb who comes in also like fuck like okay i'm still mad about barb i think i will always be barb mad about barb yeah. because she does fucking nothing to deserve any of that like even after her friend treats her like actual garbage to go like make out with a guy um she stays there to be like okay well you're being a bitch to me, but I'm going to make sure that you're good. And then she gets, like, murked for no reason. Like, that's, I think, yeah. what people are so mad about is, like, normally in those 80s movies, like, the bad guy gets his comeuppance and you like to see, like, the big, the monster, like, get the bad guy, like, the big scary 80s bully, like, dies or whatever. 
but that like kind of like doesn't happen in this season because the whoever would have been the big bad 80s bully is steve and he gets a redemption arc so barb is kind of the person that like suffers um in such a weird way um i don't know what that is though i've never been able to understand like why that choice was made uh and then they had a whole second season to like fix it and then they didn't anyway anyway the only resolution that barb ever gets is that nancy is able to get her parents to know that she's dead like she tells them that like there was a gas leak from the hawkins lab and then they have a funeral for her and they accept that she's dead but that's only like that that's not something the show does that's something that nancy does within the show like the actual show of stranger things never gives barb the like justice she deserves yeah justice Justice for for barb Barb. this show is very afraid of having having a non-conventionally attractive person on it exactly yeah exactly barb and bob exactly oh my god bob Barb and bob bob i never thought about that like the only two um fat people on the show both get killed (laughs) i remember thinking bob was gonna be like a bad guy um yeah i was like i don't trust i remember not liking bob at first because i was like they kind of set him up in almost like a weird way i don't know they set both of their like quote-unquote conventionally unattractive characters up in weird ways also because the aesthetic they don't fit the aesthetic of the show so you also kind of automatically like even it's if it's subconscious you're like these guys don't fit something's up yeah and that's t sucks and yeah um i feel like We've been talking for a bit. Do we want to move into bitch time? I think it's bitch time. I think we're so tired at this point. Yeah, we're so tired. Yes. Okay, I must set the little timer. And we have so much more time to talk because next week is another Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Ready? Go. When they give her the camera. When they give him the camera. Sorry. That's so I'm sweet. like really no, the that's... only thing I've ever cared about. Steve deserves to be bisexual. Steve deserves to date someone that isn't a woman. This is more like inspired by season two seasons two and three, but I think like just like in general. And also Nancy deserves to date women. Jonathan can stay straight, like I don't care. I don't but care like about that's about the that tea about boy. the teenagers. We um we like don't need they call will slurs will's dad (laughs) used to call him slurs i'm sorry like i can't get over the like weird little trope and it's not a trope it only happens in two pieces of media which is this and it but like of like little like children getting just like casually called slurs i'm like they called will slurs they call finn wolfhard slurs no adeline adeline you have you need to go back through all of stephen king's books because it happens all the time like stephen king invented that He's like, I will create Stephen this King little invented slurs boy, and I will call him slurs. He said, like, I will oh create Stephen an King environment. actually wrote every single slur that exists personally. Stephen, Stephen, Stephen King. King's books are just him writing down every single slur he can think he of knows. on the page and then saying, oh, whenever he's send. on a bender, he just, everything is slurs. Cujo was just oh a book of slurs until he revised yes. it. Oh my God. But we can't talk about Stephen King right now. We have no, the we have episode. To, we, um, but yeah, I Will gets called slurs and then they don't do anything with it. And they're like, yeah, Will gets called slurs and he also like isn't attracted to girls but like whatever i'm like okay but i'm anyways i love stephen king said i i'm going to create an environment that is so homophobic (laughs) (laughs) stranger things has like a weird fans of stranger things feel like stranger things is obscure even though everyone likes stranger things 
Have you ever that's noticed it. that? Oh my god, Sorry. it's just like the white yeah. guys who feel like they're oppressed by comic books. Like, Stranger Things is the new, like, oh my god. Every- Stranger <laughs> Things is the new thing that oppresses white men. <laughs> yeah, literally. Also, yes. even though Holy I kind shit. of agree with we them whenever I see on, someone on, like, Twitter thinking that they have a hot take with it, like, Stranger Things season one is a perfect season. It should have just ended there. I'm like, shut up. You're so pretentious. But, like, I agree. But, like, for some reason, whenever I see like, someone I try to, like, have that hot take, I'm like, okay, we get it. You're a film major. But, like, you're right. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. We get I don't it. Know. You that's, dated that's a film major once. That's the thing that irks once. me off about Stranger Things fans when they try to, like, be so precious. They're like, the aesthetic of season one was ruined. You watched like, a bad okay. video essay. You watched one bad video yeah. essay. Now you think you know everything. And now you think you're um, David David Arbor's married to Lily Allen. Uh, the guy who plays Hopper is married to Lily Allen, and it is yeah. so sexy. Also, you should look at pictures of his apartment because there's plants everywhere, I saw them. and he's so he's sexy. So, it's so sexy. Um, I like so that sexy. David Harbour made dad bod a thing. Yeah, he's so hot. Um, why is he so I was watching so Stranger Things yesterday. And like the first few episodes of season oh, one, that's and it. Halper, oh, that's it. I was gonna say that I. Oh. No, you can say it. You can say it. Ca- say I was just saying want. that Catherine got mad at me for being attracted to Hopper. I said "daddy" when he came on screen, and she got he angry is. at me. It's because okay. you're attracted to ugly people. But am I wrong? <laughs> Shut up! Shut up! Did you just call Catherine ugly? Catherine that's is so beautiful. She's the only attractive person you've ever been attracted. Catherine to. is literally ethereal. Can I talk about? How the universe is fucking over Millie Bobby Brown as we speak. Literally say it right now. <laughs> Millie Bobby Brown is going to turn into an awful person. <laughs> Wait. The Millie Bobby Here's Brown the homophobia memes. Oh my god, those are so like, funny. I, I, think, I think like one of the major like overarching themes of this kind of like Finn Wolfhard centered extravaganza that we're having mm. is like mm-hmm. what what it means to be a child actor and, like, the phenomenon that has been created surrounding child actors that I think Stranger Things started the phenomenon surrounding child actors that is, like, really, like, surging right now. Child actors are held up to, like, a way higher standard now, I think, because of Stranger Things, just because, like, to bank an entire show on a bunch of kids would have been considered risky before Stranger Things, and they definitely, Mm. like, put a great ensemble together and they all work really well and so they they like rightfully so created a lot of fanfare around it i do think what's interesting to me and this is now we're in bitch why now we're in bitch why play the music bitch why music what's interesting to me is that like the way finn wolfhard and um all the boys of the show kind of are like playing with gender in a really fun way like in a harry styles-esque way like they're all kind of like out there doing cool stuff and like millie bobby brown was like overly sexualized in a really gross way uh she is like best friends with drake and everyone talks about how that's weirdly (gasps) predatory and kind of gross but millie doesn't understand that um obviously she's a kid like it's not her fault she doesn't get it but i'm sure like a few years she'll be like that was probably bad the way her like life choices kind of in the same vein of like billy eilish like her life choices the people she dates like everything is scrutinized in a gross way um not in a way that she kind of even asked for like when we talked about taylor swift once taylor swift got older we were like okay well like you're writing about 
XY actor. We know that because we saw you dating them. Now you wrote a song that's like Dear John. But like with Millie, like she didn't act like she there's there's nothing. There's no reason to like pay attention to who she's dating other than people want to like overly sexualize like people want to sexualize this girl and and like make her feel like garbage and i don't know like i feel bad that we've kind of like bullied her um i actually yeah i feel bad that we've bullied her as like a society but also like the way that that's gonna shape her is really scary to me and i'm like worried about her i don't know if this is gonna get us into a like more different place but like I, I, when you were saying that, I was thinking about how in season three, which we're not going to talk about, like, I don't think that they need to have 15 year olds making out with each other. I don't think that's necessary. I wonder if the way that Eleven is treated as a character and how she's just like shoved into this romantic relationship where she doesn't understand how to be a person reflects on the way Millie Bobby Brown is treated. Well, it's that born sexy yesterday. It's the born sexy, born sexy yesterday, yesterday trope. Because, yeah, because trope. she's like fifth element like she comes she's like this like alien creature she's a like doe-eyed baby she doesn't explain waffles to me like and that's you know already yeah i think because it's the only thing people ever saw her in um of course she's associated with that and i think the way that people treat yeah no that's a really no you're right yeah yeah well, I, it, it goes yeah. into what what I talk about like nearly nonstop. Um, but <laughs> one of the main focal points of the Taylor Swift episode, the f- fam- famously didn't follow the structure, is like the the concept of celebrity being extremely dangerous when it comes to our art making is true. But like the concept of celebrity when applied to the way we treat our children is even more dangerous because. Mm-hmm. It, it just creates issues surrounding consent and, like, what choices you can make around your life. And I also, like, I have, like, okay, this is dumb. I'm, like, bitter that I wasn't a child actor because, like, how am I going to get jobs No, now? like, tea. <laughs> As you like, should. Like, like, being an actor when you're, not a nepoti- when you're not a nepotism child and you're not a child actor, it's, like, it's just unfair. I mean, but kind it's of if you unfair. trace all of these famous kids to, like, who they know, like... No, no one yeah. who's famous now didn't have connections. Like, almost everybody has a weird connection somewhere or another. Uh, and then for the people who don't, it's a numbers game. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Like, the child actor thing is really scary. I think, like, that's kind of the unfortunate impact of a show like Stranger Things is, like, we are gonna treat these kids in any show or any movie that like kids have come in where people are like oh my god these child actors are so good they're immediately because they're so mature in their performance or they're so good at like this thing they're gonna immediately be held to the standard of like how an adult should behave and unfortunately that's also gendered in that like Finn Wolfhard and like the rest of the boys get to like sing a Jackson 5 song on a late night talk show and everybody loves them and like everybody is shitting on Millie Bobby Brown for like dating Jacob Sartorius. <laughs> oh my god. Right? But you have this like very gross uh like double standard happening there too. We'll talk about all of this later um with the next episode. Uh so like stay tuned folks. 
if we're talking about like the bitch why and like the like grand oh, yeah. grand bitch why, I think Stranger Things season one's greater impact was that it created a new way of writing television that is now mm-hmm. that Stranger Things' great positive impact is that it created a new way of writing television and that way of writing television is being applied to better shows than Stranger Things because yeah. people realize they can do that and now people are putting money behind that. Um, and the great negative impact of Stranger Things is like if you dig any deeper than like an inch past the surface you discover all sorts of issues of ethics and representation and that's <gasps> bitch why yeah actually yeah. oh that was such a good way to wrap it up so i feel bad adding on to it but it reminds me of like the show russian doll which kind of also plays with with like alternate dimensions parallel universe stuff but is leaning more into the emotional impact because that whole writer's room is all women um, and it's so fun to see, like, people take a thing that has already been, like, uh, explored to death, which is, like, alternate timelines and stuff, and it's like, okay, but, like, what's the, like, mental and emotional impact on the woman that it's happening to? So you have shows like that who are just treated, that are treated so much better, and the writing is, like, allowed to breathe um, in the way that season one of Stranger Things was allowed to breathe, but is now being applied to, like, all women's writers' rooms and like really great TV show premises, um, and I think that's one direct impact. I think of Stranger Things, which is they're both Netflix yeah. shows too. Women, great. Okay, cool. So this is bitch meter time. Gaia, what do we give her for queer? Uh, we gave queer an NA minus one for bait and for slurs. The bait is with the thruple. The slurs are with the the slurs. Oh, also one, Barb yeah. is a lesbian. Yeah, and that's Bob is a lesbian. And she's a and lesbian. That's all there is to be said. Uh, Adeline, what did we give it for gender? Gave it a three, cause it do be like allowing women to have emotions, and it do be like. <laughs> And it do be like having Eleven be like the savior of the show, which I guess isn't like super radical these days, but I don't know. It shows like a young girl like who has agency and like is extremely smart and she like tells Hopper what yeah. to do. She's like, I, I, I got this. Or no, that's season two. I'm so sorry. I'm getting confused. <laughs> it's okay. Eleven uh, saving the day in season two. But it still yeah, like it validates women's hysteria. emotions and women's power and stuff like Hell that. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. Eleven saves the day in season one by finding out where Will is in the upside down. So and doing that. the big like nosebleed thing and the big yes nosebleed and killing thing. everyone and yeah and, and she also saves the day because she blasts the demogorgon and then she goes into the upside down so like eleven is like powerful and she like saves all the boys and then like yeah. Joyce is like allowed to be upset and angry and like people and she doesn't apologize for it so three and gender we love that amazing yeah. Nita what do we give them on race we gave it a one I'm not gonna explain this yeah we gave it a one Gaia what did we give it for disability. Oh, can Adeline do this because she knows the actor's name? <laughs> oh, Adeline, do what do we give disability for disability? We gave it an NA plus one because um, uh, the character of Dustin has um, cleidocranial dysplasia. I can't believe I remembered what it was called. I think it's because I watched the episode tonight, which uh, is a bone condition, I believe. Yeah. Um, it causes um, uh, issues with teeth and also causes people to be born without collarbones. Um, and the, it's because and it's not it's very um, exciting because the actor Gaten Matarazzo has that um, con- uh, condition. Um, and they brought that into the show, which they didn't have to do, but it's nice little like disability representation and he um, 
it's a visible disability and there's even a point where like he's bullied for it but then his friends are like no it's cool it's like a superpower and so it's not just that he's disabled but like his disability is treated positively and it is also acknowledged so that's nice yeah. but also it's not the biggest disability <laughs> rep we could have in the world so that's why so it's, it's just only a plus, plus one. one yeah yeah so. uh guy what do we give it for body positivity Man, that that is our our standard, our old standby. The NA minus one, please, please, just cast and cast someone who's fat for anything. Stop killing off Can all your ugly characters. Cast That's someone it. who's fat and then don't kill them. And then them. let them live. And then don't. Kill and them. then let them live. Uh, let them for live. class, we gave it a two point five because it mentions that they're poor, and that's kind of it. Uh, but it's there. She's in there. So yeah. Amazing, which gives us a drum roll, please. <laughs> a final bitch meter score of three out of ten. Gaia thinks it should be lower. <laughs> so. I they did nothing, but it's fine. I'm I'm allowing the I stand behind all of our individual rankings, so I must stand yeah. behind the yeah. final. T. Okay, it's time for Harris's hot take. <gasps> oh my goodness. Hi, Harris. Hello. What is your hot take on Stranger Things Season 1? Season 1? Yeah. Okay. Um, I really like that D&D. Uh, I'm really missing D&D right now. Um, so I think shows with nerdy stuff is always great. Um, I like that they killed a character. I think, oh. I mean, <laughs> I like it. I, I think it's gutsy that a show kills, like, a young person <laughs> more kids should die in media oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, i also really like winona Ryder. okay <laughs> you know what that's really good because adeline earlier was talking about how she thinks your takes need to be hotter and i think i think you got it i think you got there <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad oh my god hair kill more kids no uh, <laughs> I, wait, one day we'll have that conversation about how I think, um, chill, like, filming children is unethical. Oh, yeah. I guess that's awesome. I feel like in, like, 30 years, we're all gonna look back on, like, the fact that we had children in movies and be like, God, why did we do that? That's why you kill them early. Oh, my God! So they don't have to be, <laughs> so don't have to be on the screen. <laughs> Amazing. That was great. All right. Okay. I love you. I love you, too. Bye. Bye. Wig. That was a great take, Harris. Oh, my God, Harris. You're so <laughs> intelligent and smart all the time. Adeline, what are you working on? Oh, my God. I can tell you what I'm working on. Um, what yes. I'm working on, Gaia Mellon was part of just earlier this very day, October 21st, 2020. Um, so basically, right now, as I mentioned, I'm living in New Hampshire with uh, my two friends, uh, Catherine and Caitlin. And we are living here because uh, my family has... Um, uh, owned a house in New Hampshire, a little cabin in New Hampshire for many generations. Um, and it is empty right now because it's not winterized for the winter. So usually no one's living here, but I was like, I'm not going to NYU, so I'm living here. So we're working on a bunch of projects, um, individually and collectively. And what I'm working on is I wrote a little 10 minute short film screenplay based on the song 
the Predatory Wasp of the Palisades is out to get us by Sofiane Stevens. Um, and so I wrote it and I am currently working on filming it and acting in it. So I am acting in it. Caitlin is also acting in it. Gaia acted in it briefly. Catherine is directing. Um, and so that's been a ton of fun. It's my first time writing a full length screenplay and my first time um, not my first time acting in something, but my first time acting in something that I wrote, which is very odd. But it's been a lot of fun, and um, it is quite fulfilling to me. So that's what I'm working on. Guy Mellon, what are you working on? Today I wrote my letter of interest for the Bread and Puppet Theater. I'm trying to become a farmhand for them. Yes, you are. I read it. Make them hire me. I will that's call so them right now. It wasn't that good, but it's fine. It is good. So. Thank you, Adam. Of course. Nita, what are you working on? Uh, I wrote a short horror film. Yes, she did. Um, <gasps> yes, horror. Yes, yes, she did. And uh, I was short. had a breakthrough about it on Sunday in which Yay. I cried to Miss Bryce Dallas Howard, and then she consoled Madame. me, and then we had a laugh, uh, which was truly surreal. So I'm working on that. I'm coming to New York for three weeks, so we will be meeting up somehow. We're going to figure that out. And maybe we'll record it. This I don't know. We'll figure it out. But I will be on the same uh, time zone as you guys. Thank God. Um, oh my goodness. I know, wow. and it's gonna be so fun. And um, it has to do with being Indian and gender, and gender is terrifying. So that's what it's about, and that's all I will Ooh. say. Amazing plug time. We Pluggy did it. Plug time. You can follow me on Instagram at Gaia Rose River. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nita underscore Thadani, T-H-A-D-A-N-I. Oh my God, we didn't talk about the email. We'll talk about it next week. Craig, thank you so much. We love you. And we're going to talk about your email next week. You can, So um, you can follow me on Instagram at Adeline.Rose, A-D-E-L-Y-N-N. And on Twitter, I guess... My Twitter username is embarrassing, but it's Neil X Perry, like the character from Dead Poet Sorry. Society. You can follow me on there if you want. Amazing. Yeah, that's basically it. Uh, we will put Gaia's spooky playlist in the show notes, yes, and you can follow the Bitch Why Podcast at Bitch Why Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. You can email us at b.tchwhy at gmail.com. Please leave us a review and rate us on iTunes or other places where you can rate us possibly google podcast because that's a joke now um all of our resources referenced are going to be in the show notes thanks to our editor and co-producer cameron for being the bomb.org.edu and our graphic designer jillian yes um, good night bitches good night, good night. Bitches. Good night.